to get started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. For absolutely no reason, Arash Madani in our work text chat has started a Lou Marsh fight. There is nothing more difficult to stop in Canadian sports than when you begin a Lou Marsh argument. Why, Arash? It's not until next week. Why would you clog my feed with this right now? Jamal Murray, Alfonso Davies, I understand it's going to be close votes across Laurent, the board. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, come on now. Tardif, shout out Duvernay-Tardif, yeah. Should, like on a humanitarian basis alone, he should probably get it, right? Like never mind the whole Super Bowl thing. What was the previous <laughs> we thing forgotten? we were talking about on the on the chat oh, writer's block? Group. Yeah, we we were no, no, on oh, the chat on writer's block. The previous thing no, no. is about thanks for nothing, so and so. Thanks for nothing, so and so. Oh yeah, yeah. It just it's just a cesspool of sarcasm on that text chat. So now everyone's just saying great job because we no one really means it. Oh, also, uh, we had a good match game idea. Jeff has a party of sports and had a good match game idea. The Jays are in on blank. Has puberty was, just hit 6-0? That, it, that's, that might be more than puberty. Arash right. um, Badani said 6 here. Tim McAuliffe back next week. Uh, coming up today, Elliot Friedman, John Paul Morosi, Kendrick Perkins. There is a lot going on here today. Never mind the fact that after three aborted launches of the Raven Steelers space shuttle, Mr. Madani. Today, the booster jets fired, and we have live football going. It's awful, but we have live football going on right now. RG3, as we knew he would, leading the Ravens down the field, down 12-7. We'll see if Gus Edwards can get another touchdown here. We will be your counter-programming today because we got a lot going on. I mentioned John Paul Morosi, Arash. Um, he's coming on in an hour. The, the Ivy League-educated John Paul Morosi is no fool. Not only is he joining us, a Canadian sports show very soon he drops a jays rumor an hour before he knows what he's doing john paul morosi knows what he's doing he's a pro this is the tweet blue jays are among the teams with interest in outfielder slash dh marcelo zuna who's coming off a near mvp season but they appear to have george springer 31 ahead of ozuna 30 on their free agent preference list so things to chop up with John Paul Morosi. A Can quick I take on that. Time out real quick, Sid? Yeah, of course. We can get time out anytime you want. Yeah. I, believe me, I'm listening to you. And believe me, I'm watching the monitor to my right. But I'm also keeping an eye on the left. I have to tell you what just happened in this football game. The Baltimore Ravens are not just bad at containing COVID. The Baltimore Ravens are ridiculous at football. Was that the Luke Baltimore Wilson Ravens, that just dropped a touchdown pass? Oh, Luke. Well, let, Luke. Let, let me just... Go through the sequence here. With Sorry. 30 seconds left on second and goal, the Ravens run the football with no timeouts. Then they're rushing to the line at third and goal, and they snap the ball with like eight seconds left. And instead of spiking and kicking for three, it's a lo- like a high loft pass to the back of the end zone to our mm-hmm. pal, friend of the show, Luke Wilson, who was just signed off the street a week and a half ago. And Luke wasn't able to bring it in. And there's triple zeros on the clock. So a 6-4 and four Baltimore team that is fighting and clawing for a playoff spot that hasn't been able to play a game in 13 days because apparently nobody in the Ravens staff wants to wear a mask, they can't even get clock and situational football down in a huge divisional game. It's almost like they haven't practiced since November 22nd. Wait. Yeah, almost. They haven't. They haven't. No, not almost. They haven't. The walkthrough last night, two nights ago, doesn't count. 
They have not practiced at all. I'm not pretending that any of us could play professional football, but I believe that you and I are capable with eight Mm -hmm. seconds left of spiking the football. (laughs) I think you and I could take a snap into our hands and rifle it into the ground and kick for three and go down two on the road instead of being in a complete panic situation with a backup quarterback. (sighs) Did you see the division? I forget what the teams were. Forgive me. But there was a Division One A college game either this weekend or the weekend before, where somebody spiked on fourth down and they didn't realize it was fourth down, and the game you know was. Who's over. done that before? Who? Was it a spike or was it a knee? One of the two. Well, it had to be one of the while two. While the quarterback yeah. in Washington, your friend, not mine, your friend Kirk Cousins why, did that. Why is he? Why is he my friend? Well, all you're sudden? always Why do Kirk? I get to own? It's oh, like, yeah. Do you do you like that? Do you like just like, jacuzzing me of things with no basis? Jacuzzing. <laughs> Jacuzzing. Uh, we got a full. We're going to keep Marcelo on this. Let's. <laughs> I loved. You don't like Marcelo Zuna and Jay Zuna? He had I a heck of an. No, his his love that thought. Terrific. Love that thought. Uh, we'll get to that. Again, John Paul Morosi joining us at 6 Eastern. Elliot Friedman will follow him. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, a VSPN former NBA champion. Well, you're, yes, you're always an NBA champion. He joins us next. There's a lot happening with the Raptors and the Christmas Day sked and a juicy article in The Athletic today about what life is really like with Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers and some interesting quotes. It's, it, there's a lot happening here. And, oh, yeah, LeBron signed a two-year extension. That as well. But let's begin with hockey. Still no official news to report on return to play. We're less than a month away. January 1st is what people still think can happen. Commissioner Gary Bettman, because he's not really speaking to shows anymore, Arash. He's doing the the virtual conference tour. Circuit, yeah. Circuit, thank you. And today, the Sports Business Journal Deal Makers in Sport conference was up. It could have been nicknamed Deal Breakers in Sport because there are a lot of players on the hockey side who don't like the smell of this. Uh, He spoke about the start date as a work in progress. Recently, there have been reports the league has asked the players to renegotiate. Five months ago, they cut this deal. Renegotiate is something no one really expected. Financial terms were agreed in July. I can't stress that enough. Remember that as you hear Gary Bettman talk about the current state of play with the players like this. We're not actually having negotiations, and we're not seeking to renegotiate. Uh, We made a number of assumptions collectively over the summer, uh, most of which are not applicable anymore. Under our deal, and the one we've had for more than a decade with the Players Association, whatever the revenues are, the players only get 50%. And if we overpay them and they don't pay us back in the short term, they have to pay us back over time. Uh, There will be stresses on the system. And we've had discussions about what those stresses are and how they might be dealt with. Uh, but we're not trying to say you must do X, Y, and Z. We're trying to look for ways to continue to work together. I know it's being portrayed as something else, and it's unfortunate and it's un- inaccurate because at the end of the day, if the system gets stressed, it's going to be stressed for both of us. If we have to pay out lots of cash, two thirds of which is going to come back to us, that may cause some stress, but we can or we'll have to deal with it if we're going to move forward. And by the same token, if the players owe us more money than anybody imagined, the salary cap could well be flat or close to flat for the next five or six years, and players into the future will be repaying what we're owed. 
So the question isn't like, well, we demand a renegotiation. To the contrary, it's we see the way the system is going to be impacted. Is okay. it something that makes sense to deal with in the context of everything else that we may have to do, which is out of the ordinary and unanticipated in order to be in a position to possibly play? All right. So that, that gentleman, again, cut a deal representing ownership with a lot of players around this league. What do you make of what the hell just came out of his mouth there, Ash? Because I'm still trying to process it. Two things. One, in the last part of that quote, quote, in order to be in a position to possibly play. Possibly. Possibly. That's one. And we'll get to point A in a moment. Point B, Bettman says we're not in a position where we want to renegotiate, except he's basically publicly negotiating right there with the Sports Business Journal reporter. He's effectively laying the cards on the table saying, you better renegotiate with us or we're going to make life difficult on you for the foreseeable future, even though just a few months ago we came to terms on a CBA to have, quote, labor harmony and to move forward with an expansion franchise coming from Seattle. Sid, when, when I spoke with some people, I spoke with some people after the CBA was finalized. I was actually uh, filling in, I think, for you that week on uh, on Tim and Sid, and there was such a relief that okay, there's labor harmony for four or five years. It and wasn't it got done quick, and it got done quick. A rash was shocking because shocking. Th- this is what this is my take on this is that they were so hell bent on wanting to get the bubble. And wanting to get the playoffs done, they said, let's do this, and then we'll deal with the consequences after. So, among the consequences, this is what I've been led to believe over the last few days. That in this new CBA, this four-year CBA, five-year, whatever they just signed, one of the clauses in it was that in the month of October, the owners would have to provide the players 8% of their salaries for next season in a lump sum per guy. Now, I don't know if all the owners didn't read the fine print. I don't know if the owners were fully aware of what the CBA was. I don't know if they just just focused in on, okay, this is going to be the cap number and this is how we're going to be about it. They were like, yeah, 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 let's get to the bubbles. That was basically it. Yeah, 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 let's get to the bubbles. Well, suddenly, owners, and 8% doesn't sound too much but what's the cap next year guys 74 ish million 75 million dollars it's higher than 81.5 i thought i I remember 81.5 along those lines so suddenly in and around seven million dollars the owners just last month or five weeks ago six weeks ago had to shell out another eight million dollars after they have had no revenues coming in since march other than the playoff broadcast money they've had nobody in their buildings since march And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to the Leafs and to the Canucks and whatever, but if you're Carolina, if you're Arizona, if you're some of these smaller market teams and some of these owners that are, that are living on the margins, what did Eugene Melnick react when they said, you gotta, you gotta write a check, another check for $8 million? I don't, I don't care what Eugene Melnick thinks. He's a, he's a damn owner. Pay it. But this, I don't care what they're not happy about that. I don't care if they're not happy about it. But but I'm I'm not happy sitting in my basement for eight months either. How have we reached this point? That played a part. I don't know how big. 
I don't know how small, but it played a part into right. this conversation and wanted to point that out. It's a good point. Forgive my anger. It's not aimed at anyone specifically. Just um, Eugene Melnick. The faction. Remember factions in wrestling when they were cool, especially early on in North America, like NWO, like the Hart Foundation. When the Hart Foundation had the late Brian Pillman in it, like that kind of Hart Foundation, like factions. I thought, and, I, and, and Tim brought this up very early in the game, might be owners who don't want to play. Might be owners who know full well. We read the Dr. Fauci quotes to Yahoo Sports yesterday on this show. Yep. Getting fans back in arenas is like, if there are 500 priorities in the United States of America vaccine-wise, it might be 499 So you're not getting fans back in there. If you're lucky. 500, by the way. Um, just clean up, like the tents and whatnot and the syringes. Right. Just make sure it's clean, right? The parking lots. I'm just, I would just clean up. Whenever, when okay. everyone's vaccinated, just whoever, whoever wants to get vaccinated, clean up. Yeah. Good question on what 500 is. I think that one's right. I would guess that's 500. Just clean up. Some um, Lysol wipes. We'll just have some vaccines. Yeah, well, whatever it takes, Rash. Whatever the budget allows at that point. Whatever okay. the budget allows. Just check. Um, I, I, this faction I thought was small. Like when Tim, when Tim would bring up some owners don't want to play, I'm like, yeah, I believe it. And you can, you can pick out the markets. Yeah. You can pick out the markets. The NHL is as transparent a league as you can get in that regard. But what I'm, what I'm hearing from people I genuinely trust over the last 48 hours is this is not two or three teams that feel this way. This is anywhere. I'm, I'm hearing CJ on, on Sportsnet Central last night, Chris Johnson, say, I don't want to misquote him, but he's seven, it, between seven or nine teams, I think he said, to, to yeah, Ken, Ken Reed. That sent a shiver up my spine because that's not something you can ignore. And as we find out in 2020, things can spread. You so you got say. those owners. Now, all of a sudden, some kind of mid-level economic owners in the National Hockey League are listening to this going, I mean, if we just get to the Seattle Kraken year, right? As long as the Seattle Kraken year is okay, the Rogers checks from TV are still coming. No one wants to talk about that. Keep those coming. That are increasing by the year. Yeah, but we don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the hardships of this year. I have never heard, Arash, correct me if I'm wrong, cite the case of a CBA in sports in the last 40 years that was negotiated and then had a side come back five months later to renegotiate again. Never. Cite the case. It's We are in completely uncharted territory here with a group of players who are already taking a 30% haircut. And I know the initial tweets coming in are going to be, well, yeah, if Austin Matthews takes a 30% haircut, if Connor McDavid takes a 30 I get it. I get it. But that was negotiated, and the negotiation takes two to tango. And the last time I checked, the owners were there. I don't care if it's like a daily briefing and the owners didn't read all the fine print. That's not my problem, and that's not the player's problem. Now, again, I'm pro hockey. We all just want to see it. And I know some of you out there are like, I don't want to hear this. If you want to see hockey again, you're going to have to hear this. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things in 2020 I don't want to hear. But we got to go through this as a group. And this is important. And, Arash, when, when Gary Bettman in that clip said that agreement is, no long, is not applicable, that was the quote, not applicable, that I have not heard a scarier phrase from the NHL office 
since Bill Daly on a rather infamous Thursday night in 2012 said this is the hill we will die on. Right. That, that's the neighborhood that Gary Bettman just strolled into today. Yeah, I mean, now, if, what you're not really... abide, if you're not going to abide by a CBA that you have agreed to mm-hmm. this calendar year post-shutdown, then, then what are we agreeing to anymore? What does it mean? What does any agreement mean in the National Hockey League if this can't hold? So if you are so a player. Bedman is being like we were talking about this before. Bedman, I asked, what's the difference between posturing and lying? I mean that that's such a disingenuous piece of sound there from Gary Bettman. And then why don't we roll guys the clip about January first? Because the commissioner was asked whether or not you know the 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 last we really heard from Gary Bettman said was a couple of months ago when, in a joint statement with the PA, they said our target is to play January 1st. This is what Bettman said today about that, and I think this is interesting in the context of this whole conversation, too. Let's roll it. That is a work in progress, uh, influenced largely by what we're hearing from the medical experts, and we talked to some pretty highly placed people without name-dropping, uh, COVID is going through a second wave, uh, which could be worse than the first wave. Uh, and between Thanksgiving and the aftermath and what they think is going to happen uh, for Christmas and the aftermath, uh, we are taking our time uh, and making sure that as we look for ways to move forward, we're focused on health and safety and doing the right thing. So I hear, I, I listen to both of those clips. It's not a work in progress, Sid. It's the 2nd of December. You're no further along with the players. Anywhere any of these guys are going to have to show up to, they're going to have to do a 14-day quarantine when it comes to Canadian markets. There's no schedule. How many, no players do you see coming, how many players do you see coming home right now? We're seeing Michael Raffle go to Austria. So January 1st is not a work in progress. January 1st is out the window, if we're being real. And Elliot Friedman's going to join us a little bit. But, like, let's call, let's let's be real I'm I'm with you. Let's go. So January 1st is not happening. So to say it's a work in progress is also disingenuous. Just like saying, oh, we're not trying to renegotiate the CBA. What's Gary Bettman saying here? Which, which, what part of any of this is believable right now of what we're hearing from the commissioner of the National Hockey League? Let me, we got a break here and Kendrick Perkins is coming up. Raptor fans, we got you because we got to talk about the Christmas thing. I, I want to I close the, with the theory to you, Arash, because I was thinking that today. Like, what is, what is the end goal with this, with comments like this? Gary Bettman is the smartest guy in the room normally. He knows what he's doing. So what is he trying to get to? Mm. What is he trying to hit on? Good questions. Because I went back, and we all know free agency in the National Hockey League has come to a screeching halt. So Dano Chara is available. Mike Hoffman is available, among others, many others. The last free agent signing in the NHL, total contract, $10 million or over, was Ryan Pollock from the New York Islanders the day before the American election on November 4th. There has not been a deal, total $10 million over the course of it, signed between that day... And this day, 
A it month. would seem a month. It would seem to me a rash that all the owners are kind of operating from the same book. Because as free agency began, everyone's spending, well, not everyone, but a lot of teams are spending like drunken sailors, as if the pandemic wasn't going on. Records weren't broken, but guys were getting their payday. Guys were getting the bag thrown at them. It's, it felt like, sure. felt like a normal free agency, right? I mean, you had your, your Joe Thornton contracts and this and that. I get it. But Alex, but yeah, and they had to tweak that a little bit, but he got his money. Mm-hmm. It has been a month nearly, a month of not one significant. Jake DeBrus was close, and I love Jake, so I'm just going to mention Jake. But in terms of $10 million or over, we haven't seen it. Why? Why haven't we seen it? And in that same month, you see the NHL now look at their players who were tested every day, away from their families every day, as long as they could stand it, most of them, and say that thing in July, quote, not applicable. What's the goal? Is the goal to piss off the players so bad that you wipe out this season because you've already decided you don't want to play? Is that the goal? Very well could be. And maybe not just piss off the players. Maybe you just don't want to play. Sid, if 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 Chris is hearing that seven to nine owners, that's 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 twenty five that, to thirty percent of owners just saying no. We're that's good. A bad number. That's a bad number, Arash. I saw that on Central last night. I kind of freaked. Then it, that the conversation Ken Reed and Chris Johnson had, it, it was. And I, I know some people at home were like, and "Oh, how still many not... are on the fence that could be swayed?" That's the issue. That's the issue. Because if you get the strong-willed owners in the room, and some of those are newer owners who are looking at the economics of this league really for the first time through this lens, potentially, they're persuasive. They can talk you into things. Maybe the the middle-of-the-road economic situation in the NHL looks at that and says, you know what, maybe this got a point. How much money do we really lose not playing this year? But what's the danger in signing a CBA, going into it with bad faith? I'm with you. I'm with you. This is a mess. Elliot Friedman is joining us later on. This will continue. And we're not done with the sound from Gary Bettman today. Uh, We'll let you hear how important he thinks 2021-22 is, the Seattle Kraken year. Uh, But coming up, John Paul Morosi, Jay's Rumors. you got to love it. And also an audible, Mark Spears of ESPN, The Undefeated, will join us after the break. No perk. Well, we love Spearsy just as much. He's fantastic. The Raptors aren't playing on Christmas again. Does this matter to you? LeBron signs a new contract. Nick Nurse spoke today. A lot going on in the NBA. Oh, a, a, a tumult with the Clippers. Oh, you know, I feel so Who bad for the Clippers. New? We'll talk about it next. He's a Rashford Daniel Sid Sixero McAllisoff. Tim and Sid, TV and radio. Thank you for joining us. So Tim and Sid is trending again in Canada on Twitter. Just kind of happened. Uh, the inspiration was the Jays were rumored with another three or four people today. It's a daily occurrence, as a rash knows. So uh, the idea was kicked around for a match game. According to sources, the Jays are in on blank. Again, according to sources, the Jays are in on blank. It's trending. We'll have some of your answers coming up in the next block. So that's a thing. Secondly, as some of you who heard during writer's block with Jeff Blair and Richard Deitch, uh, everyone thinks this Raptors should be playing on Christmas Day thing is overblown. The Raptors were not on the sked. Five games, all superstar-laden. It's fantastic. It's going to be great. The Raptors are not there. And, and one of the common themes I heard was, who cares? Who cares? Like, the Raptors don't even care. That's what I heard, Arash. The Raptors don't even care. Well, yesterday on this show, 
Rashbadani asked Raptors GM Bobby Webster about the schedule. And you tell me if you think or if you feel Raptors GM Bobby Webster cares about playing on Christmas Day. Roll. You playing Christmas Day, Bobby? I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, I know you have draft one, two, three, and four on your laptop. <laughs> draft one, supposedly draft one's coming out tonight. I, I would have told you if I had it on, on draft one, but I haven't seen it yet. Quote, I hope so. Bobby Webster. So it kind of means something to the guys. It means something to the organization, especially when you're asked to do a 72-game road trip. And no other team in the NBA is asked to do a 72-game. Maybe it would be a nice thing. Mark Spears of the Undefeated and ESPN joining us. Spears, what does Christmas Day mean to the guys? Because we all sit there and eat and just kind of just stuff our faces and watch all day. Like, But is there a sense of pride in that among guys in the league? Yeah, yeah, because um, you're basically considered not, not only just – there's not always the best teams, but you're considered the Correct. most – Interesting teams, the most popular teams. I remember for years, these awful Knicks teams were on television. And it was just because they were worried about having uh, the New York market. And so I, I, I got it every time, you know, Masai had pain when the Raptors didn't make it. I, I definitely understood. This year, I, I don't know that the Raptors had anything to say. Like, like so but but even in just just for their situation, like okay, the Heat me, game me, at one, the Heat game at one. Question, let me ask you this. Let me okay. ask you this. Who should you kick out so, so the Raptors could be in it? Zion's going to be hurt by that day. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we all know it. Season. The Pelicans don't need to be against the Heat at one. The one is a throwaway anyway. I don't think the Heat should be at one, but they're there, and the one is the throwaway. So I mean, what's the what's the oh, harm? Well, well, Which is where bad. the Raptors hey, hey, were hey, last hey, year. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> are you saying this through a worldwide eyes? Or are you saying this through Canadian glasses? Well, you're actually reinforcing you're my point. If Canadian if you want to go glasses. down the road of global, the the Raptors kind of went pretty global not that long ago. Correct? Would you not admit globally that for that, a lot of reasons? I mean, the Raptors have way have more a, of a fan base than they you used could to. Have a restaurant. You could have a restaurant that has a lot of different foods from all over the world. Don't mean people want to eat it. <laughs> I miss restaurants. You know what I mean? Like, I miss restaurants. I, I I just I was man. I thought the Raptors were going to be in the finals last year. They were disappointing. They had a yeah, disappointing season. I mean, are we going to gloss over that? Like, it was, I'm not, and I'm not saying that the Raptors. I mean, the uh, Pelicans were amazing. I I I get the whole Zion thing, but there's it, Christmas is about. Popularity contest, man. It's a it's all popularity contest. It ain't got nothing to do with the best teams all the time. It's a popularity the most, contest. So, Mark, who's and the Zion most marketable player? Fascination with uh, uh, Zion? No, no, no. I'm saying on the Raptors. Raptors. Is is there even a marketable player right now in the Toronto Raptors that moves the needle in the U.S.? It was close to being Pascal. Yeah. I think it was close, and then the bubble. His, his disappointing first. play in the bubble messed it up. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, I did think still that, an all star though. This is this is no question. But the uh, the bubble was a disappointment. I I know you guys, the Raptors fans, had to be like, really the Heat, the Heat, the Heat. Like <laughs> you think last year's Raptors team, if they, the if, if they, Mark, if they hit a three against Boston when it mattered. 
you think the Raptors could have given the Heat a series? Yeah, they should have beat them. All right, the, fair the enough. The Raptors should have been in the finals, in my opinion. They should have. So I'm like, I was disappointed in them. To be, to be honest, I was disappointed in them. I thought they should have made it to the finals and gave the Lakers the run for the money. I, I thought they were the best team in the East, and they just, I mean, Pascal was didn't live up to the, his his All Star bidding. He he just had a bad bubble. Yeah, no, he really did. Second most important so, player, maybe I, their I, I most important sadly, player, didn't, didn't show up. I think sadly that the the Raptors are probably graded harder than most teams, you know, and you know how us, them damn TV networks in America they worrying about ratings and everything like that. How dare they? How dare they? Yeah, dare so they? I, it, 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 it's always seasonal, man. Like if, if Zion doesn't live up to the hype this season, then they won't be playing next Christmas. I think you got. One more chance to show it, but remember, Luca didn't play last Christmas, and the and the Raptors did, right? That's right. So it's, it's a popular. It's it's, it's the whoever is the sexiest team plays on Christmas, and I think the Raptors lost their sexy in the bubble. That's a good way of putting it. Yep, absolutely. Mark Spears here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Spearsy, what's more interesting to you as we move on here? Because my complaining is done because no one's, no one's agreeing with me. Because I, I can't sway anybody. Um, what's more interesting to you? The fact that, uh, you know, heaven forbid Kawhi Leonard get preferential treatment. You know, heaven forbid, as The Athletic was reporting earlier today. Or that LeBron James, with Anthony Davis still not officially signed, with Giannis facing this huge decision, December 21st, that LeBron James extends the way he does. What's the more interesting L.A. story to you? Oh, the Clippers one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just Clippers being it. the Clippers, Mark. Oh man, just but but you know what? Here's the sad thing about that story. Every every team, every star has a diva, man. Every 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 team has a diva story, right? Like so. I, you don't think LeBron got any diva stories? Remember when Phil Jackson tried to out him, and then yep. he he got silenced, you know, because. He said posse, which I, I did not think that comment was racist in the least, but people took it that way. Um, but, you know, it's 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 kind of sad. I, I mean, I, I, there was great, great reporting, but I think you could do that story with every team probably, right? I mean, I, I remember one time, and you'll laugh at this, Chris Paul, <laughs> when he was with the Rockets, um, he had his luggage with him after a game at Golden State. And I'm like, well, why do you got your luggage with you? And he's like, uh, well, I'm flying home after the game. I'm like, but the team's not flying back till tomorrow. Yeah, but I wanted to fly home tonight so I could take my kids to school in the morning. I'm like, but you're not going to – why didn't you see who – you see if they could have, like, flown – the team could have flown home after the game. He's like – you know I don't make the decisions here. <laughs> and he was alluding sure. to another star of the team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> Somebody else makes the decisions. I don't make the decisions. So I'm just going to buy a plane ticket and fly home. You know what I mean? It's, uh, but the difference here, yeah, though, Mark, my- the difference here is Kawhi living in San Diego, the plane was late leaving because Kawhi was late showing up. Like... <sighs> 
I, so I get the preferential treatment. I get they get their I'll, own locker yeah, room to do I their stretching every, and everything. Every team, every team got that, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But when it's your superstar, it's a bit more complicated, you, you, you right? If, if you think if Kalo shows up late, they go leave? No. Yeah. And every rapper late, fan though? would say, stay on the tarmac till Kalo shows up. Because when he shows up, he's going to show up. Um, just yeah. to give people more more I mean, of an idea. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's the best player of the team. If he's late, he's late. That's. I remember covering the Celtics, and Kevin Garnett used to want to leave an hour and a half after the game was over. Hour and a half. He would go get treatment. He would talk to his friends. About an hour after the game was over, he would talk to the media. One time, the Celtics bus waited for him. The second bus waited for him. An hour and a half, maybe close to two hours after a game in Orlando, Kevin Garnett, who I love, walked by the bus and jumped in one of his buddies' car and rode to the place. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Oh, I'm laughing. Truth be told, you want to piss me off, be late. That's the kind of person I am. You want to piss me off, I don't care what it is, be late. Everybody's sitting on the bus waiting for him. <laughs> he jumped in another car. <laughs> And just left to the plate. And then the bus That's sheepishly but that, to, the, to the airport behind them. And just to get My people listening. Is, every team got them stories, man. Every team they do. every sport. They do. Uh, to, to get people more context as to what it was in the article written by uh, uh, Joven Boo of The Athletic. And did you guys have a soccer star who didn't want to play it in the morning? <laughs> was, that in the, was that in the MLS bubble? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, there was a couple teams that were pissed off at that. Yeah, there wasn't just one guy. There was a few. There was a few. But I'm going like I'm going like all all of these points in the article, Mark alone. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Like uh, Kawhi and Paul George, only players that have their own security. Uh, Kawhi and George had power over the team's practice and travel schedule, leading teammates to believe Leonard canceled multiple practice. Leonard was allowed to live in San Diego and commute from there, which. Led to him being yeah. late for flights. Yeah, man, it goes Phil, on and on and on. Philip Rivers, the San, when the San Diego Chargers moved to L.A., Philip right. Rivers never left San Diego. So, I mean, it's just par for the course for the NBA. I think it's interesting stories, but, you know, I, I'm sure Steph does something, you know. And he just doesn't have the enemies. Like, there's not a Montrez Herald to leak it. Because you know Montrez yeah. is the one who gave him all that, right? Like, you just don't go to the Lakers and not spill the tea on that. How do you Montrez yeah, there? Right. So how different is it going to yeah, be with Ty Lue in the mix, Mark? Good question. How what? How different may it be with Ty Lue running the show now the Doc's out of there? I think Kyrie, uh, Kawhi Leonard still shows up when he shows up. <laughs> so nothing listen Tyler has experience with LeBron and he, he knows how to massage a roster and keep the peace in hindsight we saw he kept some peace with Kyrie the, 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 the Lakers gave up one of their 35 spots in the bubble so LeBron's personal manager could be there like, you know what I mean like every team yeah I hear it it is kind of laughable every, every team has that life. story yes like, look, every company has that story. Think about your boss there, the diva stuff that he gets because he's the boss. No, I think they're great. I don't know what you're talking about. I think everyone here is amazing. And it's yeah, just, it's, we don't have that stuff happen here. We don't have that stuff happen here. By the way, you read, but, but you get a little perk. But if you read, if you go through all this, like there was that one moment, Mark, before we let you go, in the middle of the Raptors championship season where Kyle wasn't happy. 
and Nick Nurse had the sit-down. We still don't know the exact details of the sit-down, but one yeah. would come to the conclusion that this kind of crap, if you're Kyle and you've been around this franchise enough, and I understand it, I'm not blaming Kyle, but there had to be a bit of a conversation. Are we going to do this or we're not going to do this? I know it's weird, yeah. but that guy's amazing, and it could work yeah. out. Like how, how much credit does Kyle and Nick Nurse and a lot of the executives get for smoothing that out? Because we saw last year, you put Kawhi in a different situation. It's not that easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, all, it, all, it all depends on the veterans on your team, man. Like, I'm sure Morant, John Morant runs the show in Memphis. He just got there. I, I remember Carmelo Anthony, his rookie year, uh, Marcus Canby telling him to sing happy birthday to the rookies, and he refused to, and he instead beatboxed. You know, like, <laughs> It just depends on the team and the makeup and who's running the show and who has the power. And sometimes it's the young guys. But like when when you, if if I'm if you paying me thirty million dollars, I'm shoot. I got the power. I can show up late. I can live in San Diego as long as I perform. And that's that's going to be. The, I think that's probably where the Clippers guys were like, y'all did all that and didn't live up to the hype. You know what I mean? So. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like Kawhi didn't go to Magic City. Some of that in, in, I'm guessing there was some of that in Toronto, but you got you guys won a title there, so nobody talked about it. Well, these things happen. Leak, leak, leaks come to you sometimes, Mark. Sometimes you can't make the leaks happen. I mean, sometimes they come to you. Oh, I got um, a thousand stories. I, I got a thousand diva stories. I gave you all a few. <laughs> I, we loved every one of them. <laughs> well, please come back and tell us some more. Mark Spears, the one and only from ESPN and the Undefeated. Mark, uh, God bless, man. It's been too long. Let's uh, let's talk All again right. soon. Uh, the season's coming. Let's let's make this a regular thing. Thanks, man. Take care. Yeah, respect the power. Respect the power. <laughs> Thank you very much. One and only. Mark yeah, I, I, know, I know you guys got somebody. Timmy said got somebody bringing them coffee every day. You're looking at him. You are looking at my coffee guy. Right now. <laughs> He's We're doing the show from right, his man. basement. Yeah. We're basementing, but we'll be back together soon. We'll be back together soon. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. You know what's interesting, Sid? I was listening to Andrew Whitworth, the uh, Los Angeles Rams off veteran offensive lineman. Uh, he was on with Cowherd. Just was ago. injured, correct? The the same yes. Andrew Whitworth. Yes. Uh, MCL PCL. Wow. And and Cowherd said, "Hey, man, like you guys have you know Jalen Ramsey comes over there, who's you know big time personality. You guys are in the uh, you know you're in Hollywood." But you don't hear anything about the Rams. And Whitworth said, you know, McVay's basically just got one rule here. Show up on time. Because if yeah. you show up on time, you're respecting everybody. John Gibbons, when he was the... Yeah, there's no curfews. There's no rules. If you don't have rules, no rules can be broken. Uh, John Gibbons, when he was the manager of the Blue Jays, he had two rules. Show up on time, play hard. That's it. Somebody once asked Gibbons, hey, you guys like have a curfew or something on the road? And I thought John was going to have a stroke. He's like, curfew? <laughs> he just started laughing that deep. Like, <laughs> Gibby didn't have a curfew. <laughs> curfew? <laughs> show up on time, play hard. Just show up on time. Mm-hmm. Because just respect the people you're around. These, these people are quote-unquote teammates, but more than that, they're colleagues, and they have to deal with each other every day. Yep. And, yeah, they're going to have some diva behavior here and there. And, yeah, one guy gets the suite and the other guy gets the double room. But uh, you got to work with these people every day. And 
The Clippers didn't lose because of lack of talent. The Clippers lost because nobody cared about one another. Yeah, and uh, Ty Lue, as you mentioned, is now in charge of fixing that. We'll see if he can do that. Uh, we're going to take a break. A match game is rolling here. We're trending in Canada. According to sources, the Jays are in on blank. Some of your answers at Tim and Sid next. This is Tim and Sid with a rash live on TV and radio. This football game sucks. I'm, I'm actually fine with working through it. Two minutes to go in the third quarter. Pittsburgh's still up 12-7. It's a joke. I'm rooting for Chase Claypool to score. Don't get me wrong. Um, coming up, John Paul Morosi of uh, MLB Network and Fox Sports will join us. He had a tweet just before showtime here. Jays are among the interested teams in Marcelo Ozuna. They appear to have George Springer, 31, ahead of Ozuna, 30, on their free agent preference list. Got us to thinking, not my idea. Team's idea. Match game. Match game's now trending top 10 in Canada. Oh, we got the music, Arash. Making it official. Ooh. Very simple. Because this is our 58th straight day of a Jays rumor. So it seems. <laughs> so it seems. What's the longer streak? Jays rumor or Baltimore Ravens COVID positive tests? Uh, it's, it's close, Arash. It's, right. it's a photo finish. Great point. It's a photo finish. According to sources, the Blue Jays are in on blank. Very simple match game. It's rather wide open, as you might expect. According to sources, Blue Jays are in on blank. Arash, just jump in when you feel like it. If, you, if you're good with the answer and have no comment, I will just roll along. John at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on Munenori Kawasaki. Straw. <laughs> during, your, during your time, Arash, covering the Jays. Oh, did we lose Sid? We have lost Sid. Let's get to it. The Blue Jays are in on blank. 58, well, unofficial days. Back, I'm back, I'm back. My no, apologies. No, back. I, I didn't mean to freak you out. Were, were you, was was that just a Barry thing with Kawasaki, or did you have some Mooney moments as well covering the team? I think I had the first one. I was interviewing Mark DeRosa after That's Kawasaki right. hit the walk-off to win it, and That's Kawasaki right. came and sabotaged the interview. I am guys, Japanese. Guys, so many things about that I love. Not only is it a rash, Mark DeRosa, who was one of the funniest men on television on MLB yes. Network, lot, like it, re, it introduced his personality. I want that clip pulled. I need to see that clip, guys, of, of the Arash Mooney Mark DeRosa interview from what year was that? 2015? I guess it would be 2015, right? Uh, no, or 2014. 13, I believe. That was the first oh, year they wow. went for it with everybody, and it blew wow. in face. Uh, I got to see that clip before the end. Uh, all right, let's continue here along the Tim and Sid lines. Um, according to Iraka, the Blue Jays are in on Gritty, which makes sense because Gritty might not have much to do over the next little while as mascot right. of the Philadelphia Flyers. Paul at Tim and Sid, according to sources, the Jays are in on Sid and Tim. Not funny. I just liked Sid ahead of Tim in the name. Jordan Raka at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on Jay Bruce again. <laughs> is Jay Bruce even still playing, Arash? Oh, I don't know. Man. I don't what know if it? he's still a thing. What was JP Richardi's? Was it Adam Dunn? He doesn't like baseball? Adam Dunn, yes. Yeah. Doesn't like baseball. And I guess the Jays don't like winning. Dylan at Tim and Sid. The blue, according to sources, the Jays are in on DJ LeMahieu. It's actually factual from what you're hearing. It seems okay. like they're interested. We don't um, want facts here. We just want fun. How about this? Vinal at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on Anthony Davis. 
<laughs> that would be a big, literal, a big, big signing. Right. Uh, Grime Time at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on Mary Brown. That'd be a great pickup. Mm-hmm. I can personally vouch for them. And for this segment, we'll leave it at Aaron's tweet at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on the monolith disappearance. Have you been following the monolith disappearance, Arash, in the Utah desert? So a monolith shows up like 2001 Odyssey. No one knows how it got there. After about 10 days, it was gone. Now, why did it leave? So what you're telling we me know. is I haven't missed anything. Because people, three guys took it away. It was a scam the whole time. It wasn't that interesting. Right. I was rooting for the aliens. I was so rooting for the aliens. Because they do exist, and we all know it. Coming up after the break. Uh, baseball info is not alien to J.P. Morosi. He will join us. Elliot Freeman joins us next. He's a Rashmi Danny. I'm Sid. More show after this. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Arash Madani, kind enough to sit in this week for Tim McAlf. Tim getting a well-deserved week off. Coming up, John Paul Morosi will join us. More Jays rumors. I'm here for it. And he's one of the great guys in our business. Good people, as they say. Have you met a guy nicer than John Paul Morosi, Arash? Honestly, oh, take, take yourself right out of the there. equation. Because right. you are just a, a soul with legs. Like, just, have you met someone nicer in your life than John Paul Morosi? Well, certainly not you. It's, it's a given. It's All a given. Morosi's right. Uh, right up there, man. It's, one the uh, he's one of the best. So he'll join us. There are some Jays rumors to dissect. Um, also, Elliot Friedman will join us. For those who missed it off the front, Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, uh, we do not have a return to play plan at all right now, and based on what we heard today, I have no idea when one is coming. He spoke at the Sports Business Journal Deal Makers in Sport uh, virtual conference today and basically said it's, it's, what's happening now with the players isn't a renegotiation of a CBA agreed to five months ago. It's just that's not applicable anymore. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. No reason to worry here. So we'll and talk to still working Freeman. towards January 1st, even though January 1st is all but impossible to return to play. Completely impossible. Completely impossible. <sighs> um, so we'll get to all that coming up. And we have, uh, we have tracked down the clip of Arash Madani, Mununori Kawasaki, oh boy. and Mark DeRosa from, forgive me, 20, you said 2013, Arash? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite Jays clips. I, I applaud Arash for reminding us of its beauty on so many levels. So we're going we're gonna to play that back for you. It is well worth it here coming up. But in the meantime... John Paul Morosi is joining us in three minutes. You want to hit some more match game here, Rash? Because we're rolling. Uh, We are trending top ten in Canada. Tim and Sid and match game are trending right now. It's a simple match game because every day I come to this seat, Rash opens up his timeline, you see a Jays rumor. So the match game was, according to sources, the Jays are in on blank because they're in on everybody. Yeah, so yes, who are they it was in Colton on? Colton Wong, right? Today it was Ozuna. Colton Wong, yeah. Colton, Colton Wong, and there are some recycled names, right? If you're going to have a there streak this long. today, too. We, I mean, this Gene morning Segura. there was one. Gene, this afternoon I saw there was one. A Gene Segura shortstop right. one I saw, formerly the Phillies. I noticed that one. Um, but they're coming in thick and fast in Tim and Sid. Rono at Tim and Sid writes, according to sources, the Jays are in on the gobbledygooker. Now, for those 
of WWE Vintage, you know full well it's the rooster character that they hyped for like a month before Survivor Series, and it was one of the worst things ever. Really, Arash, you didn't like the gobbledygooker? I thought I got a little mm. something out of you there. You don't remember that? I don't. So that's, for I don't. You, that's for you out there that laughed. Uh, Randy tweets back in, and it's not really an addition. It's not really a new match game idea. It's just to follow up on the Kawasaki. All he writes is, Kawasaki, Bush party tonight. Bush party tonight. Yes. Bush party tonight. Glenn at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on the Cadbury secret. Very elusive. Okay. Very elusive, that Cadbury. Cadbury's good, man. Delicious. Was it the Cadbury secret or the caramel secret, though? Wasn't Cadbury Ooh, the egg yes. and caramel was the secret? Always on top of his game, Arash Mandani. Uh, Candy Corrections. You're live on Tim and Sue. Corrections. And After further it. review. After further review, yes. it is the caramel secret. The ruling uh, on the field has been overturned. <laughs> Swayzed and Confused writes in, according to sources, the Jays are in on Henry Rowengartner. Now, I'm not a big rookie of the year guy, but I, I'm, I figured some people out there would enjoy it. It's not just about me, contrary to what I might think. Justin at Tim and Sid, according to sources, the Jays are in on Messiah Jerry. That explains it. There you go. That explains why this contract negotiation has gone on Messiah's so long. still a free agent. Free agent to be. Bobby Webster, free agent to be. I'm nervous. Before we get to John Palmarosi, is where is we can we can cut the music for this, Dylan? Thank you very much, sir. Cut the music. <laughs> I, I should have done the wrestling heel turn with that. Always on top of his game, Arash Madani. Oh man! Uh, in twelve in twelve months, what is Masai Ujiri doing? In twelve months, Masai Ujiri is running the Toronto Raptors. I hope you're right. Yeah, I hope it's that simple. I mean, the deal itself won't be simple, obviously, but I hope that that's, it's a nice, succinct that. I hope it becomes that. I'll that's give you I'm my Maasai theory in 30 to 40 seconds. Okay. If Maasai is going to be working in basketball, he will be working for the Toronto Raptors. Maasai, from all the conversations I had with people in August and September, I did a piece for Sportsnet on this, is still trying to figure out what he wants to do next. Let's remember, Maasai was with Prime Minister Trudeau when they went to Africa trying to get Canada a seat on the UN Security Powerful Council. friends, yes. Powerful uh, friends. You know, does Maasai want to get into the business world? Does he want to get into politics? Does he want to... He wants to use his platform for the greater good, for social justice, for for all of these things, but I think Messiah is realizing that having the NBA logo and having the NBA stage is what allows him to do the rest of it. So I Sid, I don't think Masai, this is a dance and a negotiation where Messiah is looking for more power and to go to the Knicks or anywhere else. This is one of those deals where if he's going to stay in basketball, he's remaining in Toronto, but, um, Maybe he still hasn't found what he's looking for. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock it wouldn't shock me whatever this man does. If I'm being mm. honest about it, for all the reasons Arash laid out, World's John Palmer, man, oh, completely, and, and good on him for doing it. John Paul Morosi, a man who also controls his destiny because he's so Ooh. damn good from MLB Network and Fox. JP, it's great to talk to you. Uh, before we dive into 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 uh, baseball, I know you are a, an international man of mystery. There's nothing you can't talk about. You work for NHL Network. You do all kinds. Of, you follow City. Uh, I got a text. Can I tell the story? True story. I got a text from John Paul Morosi recently, 
who was a diehard Roma fan of Serie A in Italy. Oh. Diehard. And they had just hired a, a Portuguese soccer executive from my club, Benfica, John Paul Morosi. Like, he's not busy enough. He's dealt with three quarantines this year alone. He's, been, he's got things on the go. He's at, he asked me, is Kicked this guy good? Kicked out of his own house. John Paul Morosi asked me, what's the deal with this guy coming to Roma? Because we need a thinker. We need someone <laughs> to turn this team around. Always doing the research, John Paul Morosi. Baseball, Roma, Benfica, NHL, it doesn't. World Juniors camp coming up for the U.S. It doesn't matter. You are, you are, you are just as well-rounded a broadcaster as I know. So I ask you, with great faith that I'll get a great answer, in a month, in, excuse me, in 12 months from now, what is Masai Ujiri doing in your opinion? I think uh, Arash was right on. And by the way, you're far too kind with the introduction. And yes, uh, very excited about Tiago Pinto in, in Roma. And we'll see what happens with Jacko during the January transfer window and, and on, uh, on ahead. But uh, I, I uh, concur with Arash. I think Masai Ujiri will continue to be with the Raptors. And I think the point that you made, Arash, about the the platform is is real and uh, we're seeing it now i think in our own way in, in baseball with theo epstein right now theo has ended two curses he has done about everything you can do as an executive in baseball through the age that he is right now and certainly he is involved in causes outside of baseball and will continue to be but i think that from theo's perspective and i'm i'm can't speak for him and, and i don't want to put words in his mouth but i think he does realize that part of what gives him the platform is being in baseball. And right. sure, could, could he be elected uh, in, in Illinois? Probably. Could he be elected in Massachusetts? Probably. But I, I really think that Theo, probably much like Messiah, and I've never, never met Messiah, but I would love to one day, um, they both seem to understand that their platform by being in sport allows them to do some pretty special things. And you can actually, uh, because of that sports connection, really do a lot of good that, that maybe – in some ways, you are freer to do when you're not obligated by, by the various restrictions that go along with holding high office. Okay, so we've touched on Syria. We've touched on the NBA. <laughs> we've touched on baseball. Let's, let's knock a couple more off, off the list. Sure. Um, for those who don't know, JP's driver three-iron pitching wedge um, from where he's speaking to us from the big house uh, ten days from now, your Wolverines, their miserable two-win season will be over, Morosi. Where is Jim Harbaugh coaching in 2021? So that's a great question. And obviously, I would say, again, your NFL knowledge, both of you, uh, far outshines my own. But I am somewhat surprised at the extent to which Jim Harbaugh's name is being talked about openly in the context of possible NFL openings. Uh, yeah. Quite simply, things have not gone well here in Ann Arbor with respect right. to the football team the last couple seasons. And to me, the biggest thing that I see with this team is they're not terribly well prepared relative to the competition. And this is not just a 2020 thing, okay? This year, obviously, is, is unique and difficult for so many reasons. But this goes far beyond and started long before 2020, the game planning never has seemed to be especially strong relative to competition, nor have been the in-game adjustments. It, it seems as though with this team, when they are not up against a clearly inferior team, they're never able to impose their will on the opposition. So when you consider that, how that would translate to having a 
at least partially unsuccessful tenure here to then jumping to a promotion, I suppose a la Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech to Arizona, it, it seems surprising to me that that would be the case. But I, I think that the question certainly were asked about a lot here in town, okay, will he be fired? I think the answer to that is no. The, the athletic department here just laid off a number of people for um, cost-saving reasons due to COVID, and I just cannot see this university with what they represent fire you know firing a coach and eating eight million dollars plus when you just laid off a lot of people just the optics of that i can't see it so i think um if he resigns if he goes somewhere else then i think certainly uh, we'll see another coaching search here but uh, i think unless one of those two things happens i think he's back at u of m next year and and the, the chasm between michigan and ohio state will continue to be great yeah, he just has I never would, recruited, or said no. he's never recruited or developed no. a quarterback. And he, but the, exactly, he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. And and there is few schools in America, and I, we got to move on because there's a lot of Jays fans. But there's few schools in America that that kind of have that uh, that visceral reaction that Michigan gets. I mean, the Kirk Herbstreit comment alone last night on ESPN right. that he had to apologize for. Like we can go on for an hour on Michigan, and we will, JP. But yes. we 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 have to move on here because the Jays the Jays rumor mill has not stopped. The Jays' rumor mill has worked as hard in 2020 as, as you, dare I say. Let, let, me, let, me, let me pitch you the following question. If you were to say to Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, you are allowed one free agent this offseason. You can have anyone. You're allowed one free agent. You can't have another. Who would they choose? George Springer for me. Uh, yeah, because George is... Someone who, and, and you look back, and I fully understand the Astros in, in 2017 and, and the asterisk on what they achieved. I get that. Uh, but George, if, if you were to ask A.J. Hinch in those years, with all the great talent there, Altuve wins the MVP, if you ask him who is the driving force behind your club, I think he would say George Springer. And, and there's something about George from having been in the Astros clubhouse at different times the last several years People gravitate towards him, and he's a real, authentic person uh, who really, I think, in a way, would represent, in a little different way, but it's kind of the same idea um, to the Jays now, what Russell Martin did for them all those years ago. When Russ came in, there was, there was credibility. It was, it, was a, it was a real winner that was walking into your clubhouse. And the Jays made the playoffs this year, clearly, and, and there's a lot of talent there already. But, but Russell Martin was that sort of competitor, and I think Springer is as well. Uh, you think about what he did in the World Series, there's just a certain aura about him. In addition to all of his talent, I think he would address some needs defensively, um, offensively. And I think also one of the key things for the Jays going forward now is going to be that fundamental accountability. This is a team that has a lot of talent, but we saw them make ill-timed mistakes in, in 2019, 2020, and they're going to have to find a way to clean that up. And, and you can only be reminded of that so often from a manager or a coach. At some point in time, it's got to come from your peers. And I think, I believe this past year, the Jays had either one or zero everyday players who were 30 or older. And, and certainly this has become a young person's sport in many ways, but there is something to be said. We saw it with the Nationals in 2019 for veterans to show you the way. And I think there's that kind of player that the Jays need. And I believe Springer could be that player. What's it going to take to get Springer to Toronto, JP? I mean, the, the Blue Jays gave Ryu the extra year. Everybody was offering Hunjin three last year. 
Toronto gave him the fourth. What does it take for George Springer to become a Toronto Blue Jay? You know, Arash, it's, a, it's such an interesting question right now because we don't really know what the, the full scale on a longer-term deal looks like now and how much everything is compressed because of COVID. We've seen starting pitchers sign some pretty decent deals in terms of the per-year per basis, but they have not been long-term deals. I think the longest deal anybody has signed from that standpoint has been two years. Yeah. I, I think that if you really... If you really bump up the AAV to a uh, to an especially high level, and again with the pandemic, hard to know what that number is going to be. Is it 25? Is it 22? If you do that over four years, I, I think you're probably somewhere in the conversation. Um, but you may have to go to a fifth at, at about that number. I, I think you know five years around 100. Um, that feels to me to be about where the range may be. And again, it might be might be more, might be less in terms of the AAV. It's just so hard to know, guys, where where the price tag is for the elite player, and George is an elite player during a pandemic. And, and we'll see again with Real Muto as well. There's interest in him from a variety of teams. Um, and, and what does a long-term deal look like for a catcher in these times? I think we've seen the shorter-term deals. Clearly teams are comfortable in that one- to two-year range. But I want to see what are the numbers on the first club that really steps out of that very near term and says, yes, I believe in this player for four to five years, and I'm going to pay him more than $20 million bucks a year. That's what I'm, going to, I'm prepared to do. And I do think, to your point, to Sid's earlier point, about just how active the Jays have been, they're clearly ready to spend. This is not just some statement to make a bunch of headlines. This is a front office that realizes they've got a really nice core of players. They made some trades to get younger in the last several years, and they look, look around the landscape and say, wow, other teams are pulling back. We have an opportunity now to move forward, and I think we're going to see at least one and hopefully two or even more significant additions this winter. John Paul Morosi here on Tim and Sid. Um, back to the sign-stealing uh, scandal here, JP. Why did the residue of that not land on Springer the way it landed on Altuve and Bregman and some other guys? How did he get away with it? And I don't mean it That's in terms good, of yeah. – I, I, I don't mean that in an accusatory way, forgive me, but – he seems clean. He seems Teflon off it. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, and, and I don't know that I have a good answer uh, for it. And, and the particulars of it, obviously, um, and, and to the point of, of the immediate aftermath of it uh, a year ago, uh, the, the point was made that, that Altuve was someone, at least Carlos Correa said this, that Altuve actively did not want help. Uh, that, that he was someone that, that did not want the help. So it, it's, it's hard to know why it seems like it's been more attached to the other players than it has been to George, other than the fact that he, he really has a lot of deep respect around the game. And I think that's, that's it's, it's maybe not a complete explanation, but I think it's, it's part of it. that We have seen this happen before, and it's different, obviously, than, than, uh, than the performance-enhancing drugs questions that, that really were, were there in the, in the, for people around the game in the previous decade, especially, um, where, where you would, someone would emerge through something, a positive test, and then in some cases, their reputation would go back to being what it was before. Uh, or at least how they were regarded. Andy Pettit is one example. Well, we, we don't really talk about as much the, the fact that he admitted to using HGH. Um, it's not talked about all that much, but he admitted it. it was, it's, it's there. And uh, I, I think that because of the respect that people had for Pettit, uh, it became a less a part of his legacy. And, and to your point, um, because, uh, you know, but for this, the science thing situation with, with the Astros, 
George has an impeccable reputation um, in the sport. His family is, is incredible. His, his, his grandparents, his grandfather immigrated uh, here and, and was, the uh, I think, the head of the New Britain, Connecticut NAACP, was just a tremendous community leader. His father's a very accomplished trial attorney in Connecticut. He's, just, he's from a great family, great people. And, and I think that um, the, the sign-stealing thing obviously happened while he was there. There's no denying that. But his reputation was and remains so strong, and the respect for him is so great that I, that I think you're right. He's been able to move past and, and override that maybe more quickly and more thoroughly than his teammates. JP, I was having this conversation. Let, let's talk about next season in general. We just heard from Gary Bettman, uh, who was on some kind of symposium with Sports Business Journal. The NHL has no idea what it's doing for next season. Basketball is going to give it a go in three weeks. Uh, we're seeing what the NFL is. But baseball still has a collective bargaining agreement with one year left. And, you know, last year it was because of the shutdown in spring training that led to it. I mean, what is the 2021 baseball season going to look like? Will it be 162? Well, that's a key question. And I think the answer is... Possibly, but in no way is that answer certainly. I mean, the, the, I think that the, the, the short answer is baseball and the union don't know yet. They don't even know, here we are in the early days of December, if the National League is going to have a DH. Think about that. We don't know that yet. Yeah, and, that kind and of affects the, way, the market that, a little bit. And, <laughs> Just right, a little that's bit. That's kind of an important thing, yeah. playing rules of the game. That, in a roundabout way, actually affects the Jays because – you think about players, if they don't get Springer, if they're going to pursue an Ozuna or a Michael Brantley, well, those two players are both potential DHs, and their market goes up if the DH is in play for the other half of the league. I mean, there, there's, so that even in a roundabout way, that affects the Blue Jays with the NL not knowing what's going on. So I, I think you know, Tom Ricketts made this point at the Theo Epstein press conference, maybe a little unwittingly, but it was, it was there and he said it, and I think it's true. He basically said, we don't know when spring training is going to start. We don't know when the season is going to start. And I think but that why, but was JP, a let me stop you there. statement. Let me stop you there, though. Why? Because basketball and hockey ended in the fall. Baseball, yes, it started late, but it ended on time. So why wouldn't it? why wouldn't it be business as usual, so to speak, if you have the CBA in place? Because of the, the vaccine and how widely distributed it is by then. I think if, if, if baseball says, okay, if, if we get to the early part of February, and, and, depend, and that's like an eternity from now. Obviously, by then, there's a new president in the U.S. There's a lot of other things going on. Um, at that point in time, you look around and you, and you check with your medical experts and say, okay, how widely distributed is the vaccine? And what does spring training look like if we start February 15th or if we start March 15th? And therefore, what does it mean in terms of fans in the stands on April 1 or May 1? And if you can, if you can have an extra, basically, if, if the, theoretically, if the, if the answer from the medical experts is, well, a certain percentage of the population will be vaccinated by April 1, but a lot more will be, will be vaccinated by May 1. And if the scientific guidance is, you know what, if you start your season opening day on May 1, you can have full stadiums without restrictions on crowd size based on how widely distributed the vaccine is. And again, we don't know if that's going to be the case. But I, I do think this is a very fluid situation changing by the day and certainly by the week and month, that if, if by the spring 
the experts across the U.S. largely feel like it's safe to have a, a larger crowd on May 1 than on April 1, then you maybe feel like a May to November or May to you know, no, October, November season is better than starting on April 1 from a standpoint of the ability to have fans in the stands for your entire season. Uh, JP, as always, fantastic. Buena noche. Take care. Grazie, grazie mille, grazie mille. Uh, obrigado. And, and uh, we'll, we'll do a little, a full segment on Tiago Pinto next time around and Roma's approach to the upcoming uh, transfer market. Yes. And by the way, Olivia Giroud, great, uh, great uh, outing for him with, with Chelsea today. By the way, solid, another solid. Yeah, man, you suck, but Giroud was pretty good. Um, I, I want to follow. My only Italian I can follow is Atalanta for the Jogo Sinistra. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Atalanta, una, bra- una brava squadra, il eh, primo anno è eh, eh, più eh, migliore, they were a little better last year. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't step onto your dance floor, JP. You I'm from rural Nova Scotia. I have I no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the fun part. JP, uh, happy uh, non-tender deadline tonight uh, to you and yours. My tree is hung. My non-tender tree is hung up. It's the holiday season. I can't wait for ready. tonight. I-, I love it, guys. Take- love the conversation. Thanks for having me on the show, as always. Take, take care, Bye. brother. John Palmarosi, again, quickly before we break. Um, it is the non-tender deadline tonight for arbitration-eligible players. And, Arash, I think there's going to be a lot of players who get a reality check about what this market could look like. Yes. There are going to be some free agents, soon-to-be free agents tonight, who didn't think they were going to be free agents. And that's, that's, what, that's partly the reason why things are a little slow right now. I think after tonight you get to lay the land properly, what the actual free agent pool looks like. And, and I'm sure Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are thinking the same thing. Then it's go time. Then you figure out where you can allocate. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, important. Uh, we're By the way, break. Sid, one, one oh, little thing on the Jays, one little nugget. Um, remember Tim Meza, left-handed Tim reliever, yeah, yeah. out of the pen, yeah. uh, suffered a real bad elbow injury in 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, I am told that he has re-signed with the Blue Jays minor league deal, so that gives you another lefty little cover. out of the pen to join yeah. Jordan Romano back there. So just just a little nugget there uh, in terms of how the bullpen is beginning to shape up uh, for 2021. Appreciate it, Rash. The hot stove in full swing. This is fun. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll go over again what Gary Bettman said today online and get Elliot Freeman's take. This is Tim Sidner Rash live on TV and radio. Elliot Freeman joining us in a couple of seconds, uh, but we thought we needed to play the clip of Gary Bettman that we did off the front of the show. For those of you who joined us and didn't hear it, Gary Bettman made an appearance online at the Sports Business Journal Dealmakers and Sport Conference. And uh, we've heard a lot about concessions being asked for by the players on top of the new CBA that was negotiated on five months ago. This is how Gary Bettman responded to that speculation. Roll it. We're not actually having negotiations and we're not seeking to renegotiate. Uh, We made a number of assumptions collectively over the summer, uh, most of which are not applicable anymore. Under our deal, and the one we've had for more than a decade with the Players Association, whatever the revenues are, the players only get 50%. And if we overpay them and they don't pay us back in the short term, they have to pay us back over time. Uh, there will be stresses on the system. And we've had discussions about what those stresses are and how they might be dealt with. Uh, But we're not trying to say you must do X, Y, and Z. We're trying to 
look for ways to continue to work together. I know it's being portrayed as something else, and it's unfortunate and it's inaccurate because at the end of the day, if the system gets stressed, it's going to be stressed for both of us. If we have to pay out lots of cash, two thirds of which is going to come back to us, that may cause some stress, but we can or we'll have to deal with it if we're going to move forward. And by the same token, if the players owe us more money than anybody imagined, the salary cap could well be flat or close to flat for the next five or six years. And players into the future will be repaying what we're owed. So the question isn't like, well, we demand a renegotiation. To the contrary, it's we see the way the system is going to be impacted. Is okay. it something that makes sense to deal with in the context of everything else that we may have to do, which is out of the ordinary and unanticipated in order to be in a position to possibly play? Possibly play. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada on the line. Fridge, I'm assuming you got maybe some reaction from players today on that. I'm assuming there were some texts. What yeah, was their there reaction? Were. I mean, like, like Sid, I, I think we're going to play. I, I have not changed my opinion on that. Okay. I, I, I think we're going to play. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of eye rolling. You know, the, the fact is, like, maybe I'm just getting old um, or <laughs> I've been doing this too long. Getting? I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I don't getting get Friedman. Up. Come on, I, I don't get riled up about labor rhetoric anymore. I'm like, just you know, come on, bring me to the end. When's the deadline? Okay, and that's kind of the way I think. And I, and you know what? To be honest, like people don't want to hear this right now. We've got enough going on. Like the less this stuff is out, and, and to be, and you know, the league had been pretty quiet. Bedman hasn't talked a lot, and I think that's one of the reasons is that he knows that this stuff just comes across sounding terribly. Uh, right now so my reaction to stuff like this is it's immaterial it's rhetoric i don't really care about it one way or the other the the thing he does do in that clip which is important for everyone to understand is that to the league that is the issue um this year it's supposed to be well it's supposed to be it's a 50 50 deal and this year because there's going to be no fans when we start this the pendulum is going to swing way over to the players and the players are going to owe the league money. And, you know, but this group of players has decided they've lost enough for escrow over the years. They've had it. They've just said, you know what? You signed a deal with us. The caps escrow at a certain amount for the next six years. We're not changing that. And the league's argument is, hold on a second. It's 50, 50, uh, you've got to pay it back, and we don't want to wait six years into the future to see how this is going to get, you know, we don't want it trickling in over six years. We want it faster than that. And they also don't want a situation where there could be money owed going into the next CBA. And I, and I do think that's one of the biggest challenges the Players Association is going to have here is that there might be the young guys in the league uh, who will look at it and say, wait a second. If we don't have this now, what's this going to mean to our salaries in the future? And and I could see that being a bit of a wedge issue they've got to deal with, but that is the issue. The league says we want this money paid back faster, and the current group of players say, nope, we made a deal. You have to live by how much money comes back at each point during the deal. So why is all of this an issue, Elliot? This is where I'm. This is where I'm confused on this. Yep. Five months well, I, ago, they signed a long-term CBA. Why? Wh- what? What's going on? I just think that a rash that 
the, they're looking at the, what the losses are going to be this year. And they're like, and the owners, the individual owners are looking at it and saying, wait a second. Like, you know, everybody. But how did you not foresee this five months ago? Like, did you really think that by now this would all be solved? Well, I think that one of the things that happened in the last negotiation was that um, the owners weren't really involved. Like, it was a. You know, you're saying it was a rush job. You saying it was a rush job for each, like in I think, layman's terms. I think, it was a, I think it was a rush job on both sides. Like, don't forget that at the time, you know, 21 percent of the players voted against the deal. Like, you never see that number. Like, right. I think Bettman and 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 Fear and Daly and Matthew Schneider were trying to save their season. Right? They were trying to save that year. They 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 thought they had to make a deal. And there was and a camaraderie they, among all the parties to get yes. that done. Like, it just Maybe all the just pieces had fit. they hate each other to really do a good job. Like, the problem was <laughs> they liked each other too much. But they, they were rushing to save their season in the middle of a pandemic. And they, they made the best deal they could in the moment. And, you know, I do completely agree, Arash, in the sense that you had to have the sense that this was going to be bad. But I still think it turned out to be uh, even worse than the NHL predicted. Now, some owners... Told, said to me at the time that there was going to there was going to be a problem because this deal wasn't going to address it enough. But they voted to accept it because they accept the commissioner's recommendations. And now I think some of those owners are saying, "Wait a second, I don't like what this means." And you know, for example, you know, people think that people want to play less that the NHL wants to play fewer games. I don't I don't think the owners like that at all. I, I like if, if there's no proration, so you're going to be paying them based on 82 games. Why would you want to play just 48? Like I, I think that's all part of this this little mess here. Elliot Freeman on Tim and Sid, based on your sources, yeah. How how many owners do you think are okay with playing zero games, and do you think that number could grow? Um, I I'll tell you this. Like I've asked that. I've asked. I've tried to ask the people I know who would know best how many. I've had some estimates of 10 to 12. I've had some estimates of less than that. Like 12 is the highest number I get. And still most, high. Wow. Most I usually get, Sid, is between 5 and 10. And, like, it's not, like, people just tell me it's not just, like, everybody always blames, like, the, the Southern State guys or the Bible Belt guys. They say it's not just them. Um you know, I think the other thing that happened here is, and I, I think we, I talked about it on the show, like I've had some of the owners were really angry about some of the things that were said in the when the when the league brought up their two proposals. Like in, in one of my blogs about it, I, I had a line from the, a couple of players that said to me, well, you know, it's never been cheaper to borrow money. And they were really pissed off at that line. So I think like, the emotions are really raw right now. And you guys know, what's the thing that always leads to the biggest fights? Money. Yeah. Yeah, like, like that's why I don't... Penny, though. A, that, no, money is always bigger. Like, yeah. that's oh, why bigger, I don't sure, lend a rash any money, because I know he'll never pay me back. It's right. like, Be- because of his right. ego. It just, it's just one of the, of one of the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, one of the so same. So, like, money is always the biggest fight. So everybody is... They're, they're really raw right now. Like I said, I still think we're going to play, but, you know, I mean, I, it's a challenge. There's no question about it. Because the players are mad, and 
the owners are, are getting, a lot of them are getting hammered in the pocketbook. So it's a, it's a bad combination. So Elliot Friedman here on Tim and Sid. Yeah. So what now? When are they going to play? If you, if you're confident that this is going to go. Yeah. Is it training camps first week of January? Well, play in play in early February. What's what's the story? You here? can't have camps now in San Jose. You can't have camps now in Quebec. You can't have camps well, now in Winnipeg. So no, you can't okay, really do that. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let's just let's look at this. Okay. Um. Number one, Batman continues to say January first, and I think he still continues to tell the players January first. That's what I hear. Um, I I don't know that I believe it. I think if there was, I think if he really want now. The one thing is, I think there's no way we're getting 30-day training camps here, right? No like chance. They're going to they're gonna crush these training camps. It's going to be maybe two exhibition games. Um, like, I don't know if these teams are going to get the teams, the teams, the seven teams that missed the playoffs are supposed to get extra time. I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be happening anymore. So, if like, I, I think that it's more likely we go into the middle of January, maybe at the latest, beginning of February. But... You know, like, I'm looking at this right now. Like, you saw the tweet today, um, you know, 48 of, what, 550 NBA tests were positive. That's a positivity rate of, what, almost 10%. That's really high. You know, the Warriors yesterday had to put their on-court workouts back as two players came in. But that's standard for the U.S. Test. right now. That's standard for the U.S. Like, it's it's, high, it's be, high compared to the baseball testing earlier this year. I'm, I'm with you, Fred. It, it's higher it than like, that. Yeah. Like, like I got to tell you, like, I, I, like, do they really want to try now? Like, I think it's almost smarter to wait. To wait to, to see win, how the though. NBA plays it? Is that what you're kind of no, suggesting no, a little? I, I think to maybe wait the next couple of weeks and see where we get through, like, the like American Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is going yeah. to be a disaster. Numbers? I don't know. But the, but the issue, no, but guys, the issue is it's got to yeah. be over by what? July 19th, give or July take? July 15th is the last. July 15th. So you know yeah. when the end date has to be. Yeah. So when you go backwards, I mean, how compressed and et cetera is this going to be? I think it's going to be really compressed. I think it, I think you're going to see teams playing. It, I, Rash, I think it's going to be the baseball schedule. You're only going to play in your division. Um, you know, Toronto will go into Ottawa. They'll play back-to-back. They'll go to Montreal. They'll play back-to-back. Uh, they'll go everywhere. They'll play back-to-back. And the teams that come here will play back-to-back. That's the way it's well, going to work. Well, if you're the Habs with Jake Allen, you're in a good spot, if that's the case. <laughs> if you, gotta, you, need, you need to, seriously, you need that backup goalie because this is going to be wild. This is going to be the Wild West. You're right. Um, and for the record, I'm like with Freeze. Like, like, we're going to play. I think we're going to play. I just... Now. I yeah. get freaked out easy. I get freaked out easy. I, I, I've heard. I, I've heard that. Like, the thing is, like, like the thing is, like, I, I know people are annoyed at Batman today, and I, I don't pay any attention to the rhetoric. Um, uh, like, you know, like, that's why he's paid the big bucks is to go out there and take those bullets, right? Um, but, I, but I do think the thing he said in that clip is the crux of the issue, is that the players say, hey, we signed a deal with these escrow caps. If that means you don't get all your money back until later, that's your problem. And the league is like, no. And the owners are like, no, it's not going to work like that for us. And I don't know if anybody has any legal recourse here that we're arguing about that now, too. But that is the crux of the argument is how quickly, because if, it's going to tilt towards the players this year. How quickly does that money get repaid? 
So, Fridge, finally, because force majeure is a term that people have heard thrown around in both the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NHL for insurance on a canceled season, natural disaster or a pandemic. Should I never use that term again in this story, in your opinion? I've heard others throw it around. Should I ignore force majeure? No, you shouldn't because it's an ultimate worst-case scenario, and it's it's part of the equation. But I don't believe it's what the NHL wants to do. Like, I I don't believe that. I, I I believe Batman wants to play. I believe a good chunk of his owners want to play. I think they're they're a little raw right now, but I think at the end of the day they want to play. Um, you know, um, you know the other, th- you know, and I think the players want to play. I think I think people want to play. I just I I just believe that's an absolute worst case scenario. And um, the other thing too, guys, is like you know, every other league is going. Are you going to be like even college football gets 20 games canceled a week? Or Rash, you love college football as much as anyone I know, but they're yeah. still going. Yeah. Like you're not even barely. Going to try. barely. They're going, yeah, but, but barely. you're not even going to try. It's, it look terrible. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more, uh, Elliot. I can't wait to see you in studio again, surrounded by people. Like that's what this that's that's what hit me in the middle of this conversation. Like we've been no, doing this a even while. Not my coworkers think that. Shit. Oh, I know. I, I, no, they email me. I know what they think of you. <laughs> um, have a good day, brother. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Ellie Freeman, the one and only. Uh, I feel better after that conversation. He's, he's pretty steadfast. No, and he's he's not going to move on it because he knows more than than me. But I I still don't like the number that he threw that he's heard as high the as 10 twelve. To twelve owners, owners would be that's fine th- with not playing is wild. That's that's not good. It's a third. That's not good. You need another four owners who are good at talking people into things <laughs> to really shift the dynamic. And how many of those are original six teams? Yeah, none of the Canadian teams. But like. American original six teams. Because he's right. Like, we all, we look at, we dump on Arizona and markets like Carolina. And I know Carolina claims to be a great market. Yeah, every playoff run, you're a great market. Congratulations. And Florida and Sunrise. And, like, those are the easy targets. But uh, to hear him say it's not the easy targets necessarily, that's a little concerning. But we're going to have hockey. Everything's fine. (laughs) Sipping my coffee. Surrounded by an inferno. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're gonna take we're gonna take a break. We're gonna smile after this. Not only is the match game still trending, we'll wrap up the match game. We have found the clip of Arash Mandani, Mununori Kawasaki, and Mark DeRosa oh, from twenty thirteen. One oh, of the boy. great post game and there have been some great Jay's post game moments on Sportsnet. This is easy in my mind, top three. Easily. This is where Jay's fans fell in love with Mununori Kawasaki. That's next. We'll do the match game. We'll talk about what happened with Patrick Waugh twenty five years ago today. And get you set for the NHL Classics running after us on Sportsnet that goes through that 11-1 Habs loss to the Detroit Red Wings and everything that came with it. Tim and Sid with a rash here on TV and radio. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. Flashback time, Madani. Oh, boy. May, when was it? May 27th? I had the date. May 27th. I'm prepared. May 27th, 2013. Muninori Kawasaki, walk-off hit, sun-drenched Sunday afternoon at an open Rogers Center. On the field after for the Sportsnet hit, a tradition unlike any other. Arash Madani, Muninori Kawasaki, and Mark DeRosa, now a TV icon at MLB Network. This is how it played out. Mark, when Muninori Kawasaki showed up here, 
You said, I don't know what he's saying all the time, but he sure gives a lift to this team. Oh, yeah. He certainly did to this afternoon, didn't he? I mean, he's played great. He's played great. Here, he, Come on, Mooney. This is his interview. I'll be his translator. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? Thank you very much. My name is Munenori Kawasaki. I'm from Japan. I'm Japanese. I can't follow that. I can't follow that. I'm out of here. Yeah. You have some. You have some notes here. Yeah, yeah. And what do you have written in your book so far? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my teammates gave me an opportunity, so I wanted to do something about it. What's the uh, first rule they uh, teach you in, in broadcast? Never give up the microphone to your guest? <laughs> what dumbass so, gives the microphone up to the guy he's interviewing, huh? So, Rash, but, so Mark DeRosa leaves. Just you're leaves. Thinking, you're thinking mid-interview, you're thinking what? I'm panicking <laughs> because Mooney can't speak English. Oh, he was great, though. He was what great. do you have to say for yourself? Yeah. That's, that's a great question. When you he was do ready. Interviewing 101. When you teach that in, you know, at Columbia, uh, what do you have to say for yourself would probably get you an F, except in this scenario, because what else can you possibly ask? Also acceptable in the moment, Arash, how does it feel? Yes. Was, was also a question I think you could have gone down the road of. One of my favorite post-game Jays things, Miss Mooney, Miss Jays things. Um, let's wrap up a match game. We can still hit a match game. Sure. We were trending top 10 throughout the show in Canada, so thank you everyone watching and listening and just chiming in on Twitter. According to sources, the Jays are in on blank because they're in on everybody. They've been in on everybody for nearly three months, it feels like. Uh, final few tweets go to Rob Morrison at Tim and Sid. According to sources, the Jays are in on Giannis. Oh. That'd be a big That's why he's waiting until December 21st. Yes or no? Does Giannis sign the Supermax at the deadline before December 21st? Yes or no? Absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. You don't think he keeps his options open? I don't. Really? All right. Take the money and run. Jeff has a party. Speaking of running... Jeff has a party. According to sources, the Blue Jays are in on Sid Sixero, and he just shows the video of me running in the unitard, which till this day I still do not believe is that bad a look. Should I have done that, Arash Mandani? Yes or no? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, take that. When someone says, oh, my God, under their breath, I take it as a no. I've lost a bit of weight since then, brother, much like yourself. You look great, by the way. I don't know if I say that enough. I appreciate it, but what's this look? Oh, and given the given the it's a look yeah, of love. Yeah. It's a look of love, is what it is. My wife is a lucky woman. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Wait for it. Here it is. And sorry, I'm married. Can't have that. All right, we don't need to show people that anymore, Memmy. Stop it. Hands team. Finally. <laughs> Did you say hands team? Yeah. Onside <laughs> kick. <laughs> don't put six arrow on the floor. <laughs> Finally, Graham at Tim and Sid. According to the Jays, or according to sources, the Jays are in on whoever John Paul Morosi tells them to be in on. That's the nice. way to end it. Thanks to everyone who played along. Dylan Brown, how much time we got left to say? We got about two minutes? Two and a half? Two and a half. 
25 years ago today, Arash, you want to feel old, some of you? Because yeah. some of you are in our age bracket. 25 years ago tonight, Patrick Waugh was a net for the Montreal Canadiens, gave up nine goals. They pulled him in the second period. Red Wings were up 9-1. Patrick Waugh went back to the bench, stared down head coach Mario Tremblay for leaving him in that long, walked over to Ronald Corey, the team president, sitting in row one right next to Mario Tremblay, and gives one of the great, great moments in history. There's the Tremblay. Look, he goes back, tells the team president, I've played my last game in Montreal. Boom. Walks past Tremblay again, sits down, was traded four days later, coming up on NHL Classics after us, Arash. We will show you the guts of one of the more infamous Montreal Canadian and, dare I say, hockey moments of all time. When you look at that viz again, Arash, 25 years after the fact, you think what? I think this is the curse of the Billy Goat. I think yep. this is the curse of the Babe. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, obviously, had won two years prior, have not come remotely close since. And that moment, that snapshot, they have left that building. They left the old forum. They're into a new facility. <sighs> 25 years ago, but that's the moment. That's the moment that, for a couple of generations, they'll they'll continue to look back on because, man. 25 years without a Stanley Cup final appearance for that city is unacceptable, considering what that team means to that market. But that's what's happened. You're right, Arash. The curse of Patrick Wild lives. They've been to two Eastern Conference finals. They have not advanced to the Cup. Uh, you'll want to watch this back coming up after us here on Sportsnet. It's just so, it's the biggest boss move I've ever seen by an athlete. Arash, thank you, sir. Fun show. See Appreciate tomorrow, it. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Who knows what tomorrow will bring. For everyone here at Tim and Sid and Sportsnet, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is Tim and Sid live on TV and radio. And as we leave you, especially now with what's going on, don't forget, kids. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Arash, wash your hands. It's washing your hands. Washing your hands. Washing your hands. Washing your hands. See ya.